What's up, y'all? Welcome back to the Brothers in the Deep End. Season two, we here, dog. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Um, first things first, we gotta shout out everyone tuning in, supporting, riding with us on this wave. We're brothers in the deep end. This isn't possible if it isn't for you watching this, listen to it, and we do it for you guys. The same for me. You know, of course, I like to vent and just talk my my shit, but <laughs> You know, we're just doing it to get the message across to anybody. It could be one person. I don't I don't care about the numbers or the views. It's just about one person impacting someone's life. And that's what it's all about, relaying a, a message we all can relate to as, you know, as Absolutely. people, as regular people. You know what I'm saying? So um, today we got, this is going to be a great episode. This is the first time we got a different podcast yes, on our sir. podcast. Yes, sir. And this is the first time. Podception right here, bro. Yeah. And Podception. <laughs> and this is the first time. They've been on a different podcast as well, getting interviewed. So shout out to my brothers, Nick and Mal, yes, sir. a.k.a. the Nick and Mal Show. Yes, soon to be, you know, we're soon to be competing to be the number one show in the <laughs> next. Yeah, I like that. Yeah. They Kodak like certified that right now, bro. They Kodak certified um, Shout out right to Kodak now. Black, the greatest rapper of all time. Oh, Kodak, uh, another accomplishment, Kodak Black, shouting them out. So they're on the path to greatness right there. Um... First things first, um, these two brothers, young two brothers of mine. If it wasn't for them, um, I don't think I would have got the inspiration to start a podcast. And we have a special guest viewer in the background, Juan. I think Juan told me that, yeah, just watch Nick's uh Nick's podcast. I'm like, what? And people have been telling me to start a podcast. So I'm like, oh not like my brother's getting to it, then damn right, I could get to it. So if it wasn't for these two starting a podcast, I wouldn't have started. So I'm always gonna you know, show my, my grace and my gratitude towards them because, like I said, this journey wouldn't be possible that thought of me like, all right, let's go get this podcast started if it wasn't for Juan relaying the message that they had a podcast and them doing a podcast. So shout out Nick and Mal. Clap it up real quick. Yeah. Dun, dun, dun. Oh, oh, oh. You know, Shout so, out Juan in the background. He's yeah. there with a supreme Shout out to El Papi the Sunset. He, he kind of uh, looked like Bryson Tiller a little bit, you know uh, what I'm saying? Yeah. <laughs> and who knows, eventually soon we probably get Juan behind us because Juan plays a key role in my life. Um, But yeah, so... Nick and Mal, their podcast is a really funny one. It's like more so what what would you say like a talk show? Yeah, so let's yeah. explain your podcast to the, the world. Talk, the way talk I say it is a lifestyle podcast. Like mm. we really don't have any pre-planned topics, and that's actually one of the things I like about y'all podcast: the fact that you can get COVID and have an hour-long conversation just about that. Mm -hmm. Like that's a talent within itself. So us, I would say we just go off the top, like we just talk a lot of stuff. It's a mm -hmm. lifestyle podcast. Whatever we think it is, whatever y'all gonna get that day. Okay, that's even how like we kind of wanted to start off too. Like originally, when Brothers of the Deep End, like when we first started this, originally the whole plan was like we just came in here, a bunch of boys, you know what I'm saying, and we we're just gonna talk our shit, random shit off the topic. Mm -hmm. We had like just one topic, but we we're just gonna go into it until we kind of like center ourselves and like, all right, we can make a bigger picture and we can build this platform trying to get a message out to like all these people. There we go. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And that's something that was really important for us. And we brought Nick and Mal Malcolm here because we want to see a different side of them and give their viewers a different side of Nick and Mal on their show, which is, you know, la, 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 you know, that lifestyle. Mm -hmm. We want to get more, more deeper with it as we are brothers in the deep end. We don't want to just touch the surface. We want to get underneath there, you know, we want to, Get down there, dig deep. So that's why we brought him on this podcast. You're going to see a different point of view and perspective from Nick, from Malcolm, than you usually see on their podcast. And let's give a shout out to their podcast again, Nick and Mouse Show. You could tune in on what? Apple, YouTube, 
Spotify. Yeah. Am I missing all platforms? All platforms. Instagram. Make sure you get on that and their Twitter. The Twitter Twitter is booming because Kodak on it. So if you're a Kodak fan, you need to get on their That's podcast. Right. And we got one of the best IGs for all, any podcast out there. Professional startups is what it is. Oh. And that is all shout out to my man right here, Malcolm. Oh, the yeah. marketing genius. Love, so, love, love. so um let's let's dive into this. Um I'm gonna first dive into Nick and then we'll we'll just transform to Malcolm. But Nick, man, um I knew you, damn, since high school and you had an impact. You all you guys have an impact in my life. But Nick too, I'm really proud of because coming from high school to the man he is now is just amazing, his growth. And like I said, he's an inspiration to me. And I'm just super proud of him. But hearing Nick's I, I'm yet to I'm yet to hear Nick's story, you know, really mm-hmm. about him. I know Nick, but I don't really know Nick. You get that's my yeah. brother. But it sounds weird. That's my brother, but like I wanna get to know. What's that? What's that core within Nick? What made him? What made him him? So Nick, if you could just take us back, because I got to know you before Fort Hamilton. So if you could just rewind back before Fort Hamilton and who was Nick then, and talk about the journey from Nick to Fort Hamilton. Got you. And just real quick before you touch on it, me and Mal was actually talking about this earlier. We interviewed one of our boys that we went to college with four years, mm-hmm. and on the podcast it was like, yo, like I actually got to learn who this dude was. It's like I've never had that type of in depth conversation with him. So I think that's the dope part about the platform that you guys have, we have. You actually get to learn people and learn who people are. So who Nick is before Fort Hamilton? Uh, born and raised in Trinidad, man. If Ooh, you know me. Rough. Fresh off the boat. Mm. Five, five. I'm dead. What you mean five? <laughs> fresh off the boat. <laughs> nah, word, word. Yeah. I did come on a plane, but technically fresh off the boat. I accept that title. But um, yeah, man, born and raised in Trinidad. It was definitely different from, you know what I mean, most of you guys. Obviously, it's a third world country, but when I tell people I'm from Trinidad, I feel like they get a wrong idea of what my upbringing was like. I wasn't poor. I was actually one of the more fortunate kids in Trinidad. You know what I mean? I had everything. I was extremely spoiled. You know what I mean? I I think I even told you, like, I actually feel like I didn't have much struggles growing up because there was so much things that could have been wrong in my life, but my family base was so strong. I was kind of like shielded from everything. Mm. You know what I mean? And it's bless it's a blessing and a curse to that. I was telling you earlier, like I was listening to your last episode and you're such a responsible dude. And I feel like the reason is because of how you were brought up. You know what I mean? Having your dad kicking game to you and then unfortunately him passing at a certain age, you had to be the man of the house. Mm-hmm. So you had to become a young, responsible person. For me, I didn't have that. So I had a good upbringing in Trinidad. Um, and coming, sorry to cut you off, but coming from like, you know, third world country or Trinidad, something like that, you know, I went away to to Mexico and Tulum and that was humbling as fuck. Like I said in, in the COVID episode, because I'm like, damn, these kids are growing up out here. Like I had the good life growing up. So I'm thinking about all my brothers that really grew up outside of America. Mm-hmm. And then here, Nick, I'm now I'm like, oh shit, like Nick, he came from Trinidad. Like, that must have been crazy because I can yeah. only imagine how it is in Trinidad. But thankfully, Nick had that good foundation and what the case may be. But Absolutely. That's very, like, inspiring in itself. Like, oh, mm-hmm. shit, you know? Mm-hmm. I had it pretty pretty damn good in America, but mm-hmm. he really made that, took that leap okay. with his family. I think a lot of people also, like, forget that how, like, nice we have it in America sometimes. You know what I'm saying? Like, I feel like that's one thing a lot of people should take, you know, in. Especially, like, from any episode or anything they do in life, like, 
I know like they don't really get a chance to go out of country, but as soon as you go out of country, everyone says the same thing. Mm -hmm. It's like, wow, like they're, they live a way different life compared to what we live. Like even for me, like some of you guys might know, I don't know if you tuned into my episode or just a little bit about me, but like when I went to Afghanistan and, you know, I was in the combat zone and all that, I came back home and I saw everything way different. I was like, nah, a toilet is a blessing, bro, because I used to shit in holes, bro. And I was just like, this is crazy. I like being in the middle of nowhere with nothing. Like Ethan said, like literally humbles you and it really goes to show you like how people have it so much different everywhere else in the world. Right, quick and, question and, though, uh, you shitting in holes, like how would you wipe your ass? Like wipeies and then throw it like in the garbage. Yeah, wipeies and Afghanistan. I literally brought some with me, bro. Like, that was actually really a good question. That was left field. <laughs> but that was a good That's question. just the nigga mouth. Right but there. I, I was gonna say, he, I was gonna say, I was gonna say one thing. I was gonna say he probably don't wipe his ass because he's a nasty. <laughs> no, no, no. Casey's a nasty nah, motherfucker. Yo, if, if you don't know Casey, Casey's nah, nasty. No, we we always had wipeies and like tissues on deck, bro. You okay. crazy? I didn't have my ass stink like <laughs> shit in the middle of nowhere. Or bro. I know Come we're going on. off topic, but or I think probably his wife's ass with dirt or leaves. <laughs> yeah, that's what I was thinking. I've wiped yeah, my ass yeah. with leaves before. The last time I went to Trinidad, which was like two years ago, I'm at the river, right? Me and my boys chilling. We about to hop into the water. I told Malcolm the story. He didn't believe me. Because the truth is, I actually didn't wipe my ass. Because we was. <laughs> <laughs> I just remembered I had lied about that part. But we was at the river. So, you know what I mean? I washed mm -hmm. off. It was good vibes. Yeah, so you're straight. I'm straight. You, it got, was you, clean. you got that cleanse. You got that cleanse in between your cheeks. It's all good. I'm, I'm, dead. I'm good. Uh, but you said, all right, let's go back to topic. So, <clears throat> you said you did that upbringing. Let's talk about that upbringing. You said the, you, you, you didn't have what I had. Which was, you know, um, like the parent or what the case may be when you was talking about your story in Trinidad. What do you mean? I, I didn't... like like when you said um, like how me growing up like responsible, what the case may be, and then like you you kind of, so yeah. So basically, I I was coddled. Like so, this is what happened. At four years old, my mom left. She came to America to live to chase a better life for me and her specifically. And she has shout out to you, mom. I love you very much. She has. Achieved that that she's a head nurse at a a major hospital in um in New York City right now. She just bought a house, so she did what she had to do. But she left me at four. But and my dad unfortunately was in and out of prison my whole life growing up. And when someone hears those two things, they assume like, damn, your life must have been rough. But I had like three other moms, right? And I had a lot of uncles. I had a lot of uh, just had like a really strong family base around me. So I never got a chance to be a responsible young man because I was so coddled. Mm. That's what I was trying to say. Mm. Oh. So you didn't have to and, grow up fast. You yeah, know what I'm saying? You, I, ha you had the time to like enjoy like your youth and you didn't have to like, you know, all right, now I'm the man. Now yes, I got to do everything exactly, on my own. I get exactly. it. I feel that. And there's good and bad to that. You know what I mean? Everyone wants to have a good childhood. But when you get to a certain age and you realize like, damn, I really don't have much life experiences for my age, that kind of sucks. Mm. Well, I think I, I think everyone has my fault for cutting you off. Yeah, I think yeah. everyone has their own their own timing, and that's what life in general. Um, Malcolm, you had something. To say I say, out of curiosity, what did you mean you had like three moms? I'm so sorry. That was a random question, but I was like, I was so curious to know, like, what do you mean by three moms? Like stepmother? No. So my um my mom has uh a few sisters. She has four sisters. Oh, it's like your aunts. My aunts, but okay. they're literally like moms. Okay, Especially okay. Auntie Kim. I, she's literally my mom. Like sometimes I would joke and tell my mom, like, I don't know who I love more. Yo, Auntie Kim, because when my mom left, Auntie Kim and my grandmother, they stepped into that mother role. You know what I mean? And I know they loved me as much as my mom did. Like, 
if my mom was struggling while she was up here and she didn't have money to send down for me to get food or whatever to put food in the house, they would never make a big deal out of it. You know what I mean? Because this is my responsibility now. Mm-hmm. Quick story. I remember, and, and, and when I realized this, uh, I actually got suspended in, in uh, high school. And it was like my first year of high school, I got suspended for like the fourth time. And I mean, I was a badass kid in, in, in Trinidad. I don't, I'm not really sure what was happening with me. I don't know if I was hanging out with the wrong people, but I got in trouble and my aunt came and usually she's like a really, she's really strict. You know what I mean? I'm like, damn, I'm about to get my ass whooped. I'm about to get fucked up. And you know, as a kid, you always feel like your parents are against you. Mm-hmm. You, you know what I mean? Yeah, if you do something wrong, it's like, oh shit. Exactly. Then, then, like, then. oh, she about to hate on me basically with mm-hmm. that mindset. She's in the principal office. She doesn't even yell. She looks at me, looks at the principal and says, I love this kid so much. I don't know what's wrong with him. Like he was no for real. Like <laughs> no, he, no, yeah. I, he was just, always a good kid, and she broke down and started crying. Uh, mm. She literally broke down and started crying. I'm like, wow. You got people who care for you, and even though your mom is not here and your dad is not here, you don't have excuses mm-hmm. because you really have that family around you. And that's when I'm like, yo, this is my mom. Mm. Yeah, you know I mean, so uh, that's what I meant by Casey when I said I had more than one. Mom. Yeah, just like just like my boy Juan in the back, he has two dads. He has you know original, and he has me. So. You know, we, Yo, Juan, you know, he's been making this joke for too I'm, long, I'm, son. I'm, I'm just saying, I'm just saying, Juan, does have, I, I, I am a father. Um, respectfully, I, I, I though. It. But yeah, respectfully. <laughs> but, yeah, but, um, but Malcolm, uh, since Nick talked about his childhood a, l- a little bit, dive into into yours. I think you you and him kind of relate on that point a little bit with like life experience, I don't know, per se, as we was chopping up before. Uh, yeah. All right, what's going on, guys? Um, Malcolm right here. Yeah, you call Big Mal. Known as Guala. Um, Guala, baby. Yeah. Greatest Guala running bear. back in Utica College football fact, history. Fact, 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 Mr. Fact. 1K. Fact, fact, fact. But uh, I'm from Queens, New York. Um, come from great family. Uh, I would say, honestly, in my eyes, uh, I would say black wealth. Uh, mom's side uh, parents uh, own a home. Uh, dad's side parents own a home. Uh, definitely coming where they came from of, uh, slavery and everything so mm-hmm. that's definitely big um but yet again i didn't i didn't know i had seriously i would say black wealth until like college and shit like that mm-hmm. you know what i'm saying but um i grew up in queens new york um started playing football when i was like four years old uh, my dad uh coached me um and my dad my dad's the reason why i'm the person i am kind of i would say same, hey, same here yeah mm-hmm. and my mom but my dad had told me uh uh, a lot of life lessons. Um, I'm having like a little little brain fart right now. It's okay. Cat, All right. Like, so tell us up. about <clears throat> one of the life lessons that stuck to you from your father. Because um, I have a lot of them from me and my dad. Like, you know, and shout out to your dad for playing a key role. Yeah. I think that's very important in like in like a, like a man's upbringing is having that father figure. Mm-hmm. For those that don't got a father figure, like I feel for you. Like, you know, you have to really get out the mud and like find yourself on your own rather than a man cradling you into be a better man than he is. Yeah. But you had a great father figure in your life. So talk about that that one life experience. I was like, damn, like that sticks with you to this day. That when you walk outside, you just that's in you already. Uh definitely it was one Christmas. I ain't gonna lie, we it's it's I have uh older brother, older sister and a younger brother. And we all spoiled, you know. If the new system's coming out, we getting it. You mm-hmm. know what I'm saying? And at first, we had to share. Then, as you get older, somebody gets their own system and everything, right? Um, just when we lived in Queens, we lived on, uh, upstairs with my grandfather. Um, and it was one Christmas. We just got the PSP, right? Mm-hmm. 
or the DS, one or the other. Yeah, I remember when those came. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. Big throwback. And um, I was hype. And I and I told my dad I want to be just like him. And I, I'm getting emotional. And, Let it uh, out, bro. Yeah. Malcolm is apt to cry here and there. <laughs> yeah, yeah, old man. But he had told me he was like, um, "No, I want you to be better than me." Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? So respect that that right there um, motivates. Definitely motivates me in a way where it's like, <clears throat> you know, your dad wants you to do uh, do great, and mm-hmm. uh, he was a police officer. So for him to even say that, mm. you know, it's like. Uh, yeah, yeah, very, very, yeah, that's very, very, very powerful. You know what you're saying? making me yeah, smile not, yeah, here, bro. That's, yeah, yeah. Ha- that's like that's happy to hear. Like, I'm happy to hear. Nah, that I'm shit, bro. tearing. You know, I mean, I could relate. You know, there's a, there's a lot of shit me and Malcolm relate with that father figure shit. That was bringing me back. Shout out to your dad, man. You, you, you know, I, I, you know, I'm hugging your dad through yeah, here. I'm, 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 he did go I'm, for real, I'm, man. I'm hugging you. I'm hugging you through here, and that's that's very inspiring to hear. And it's okay, um, Mal, to just let it out in this podcast, yeah, to let it out to the world. That's one message I want to relay across, relay across brothers in the deep end. As you can see, he got emotional. He's just letting it out. And I wasn't even expecting that shit. Like he yeah, called facts. me through left field. Yeah. But this is what this is about, and we're gonna say it every week. Like this is what this is about. Just it's okay to be vulnerable. Like I said, to just be open, be free, and let people see your emotion. Like there's nothing weak about. Mm-hmm. It. Like you gotta cry. You gotta take a minute. Is here. That's what we're here for, bro. Mm-hmm. And we're gonna we're gonna. And then now you feel like, oh shit, you know. And you it's got just, a different point it's, of view. It's respect, yeah. bro. I mean, much respect to that and much kudos to that. You had me fucking crying. Yeah, had that's me smiling over on. here because that's yeah. awesome to hear, bro. Yeah. That's amazing. That's going to live on in the Brothers in the Deep End history yeah. forever. Hell yeah. yeah. Hell yeah. Did, Hell he, yeah. Did, did you ever get emotional like that on your podcast? Nah. Oh. Trying we to figure see. out what's going on. Yeah, that's like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. That's like, we need we the views. Like, we on. cracking jokes. <laughs> nah, nah, nah. But, but you never, I feel like it's because you never reflect on situations like that. You know what I'm saying? It just sticks with you. And it just comes through. As a thought, usually, yeah, you know, it goes. All right, so I was gonna say, so back. I'm so sorry, but back to this. So you talk about how you were raised in Queens and you were raised in Trinidad. Now, moving forward, like into this, like later time in your life, how was the transition for you, Nick, from Trinidad to America? Culture shock, like a motherfucker. Like, all right. So now we're talking about you were 13 years old I was at this time. 13. All right. So you're 13 during this time period. What was that transition like from a youngin? being coddled in Trinidad to a newly, like, wed American citizen? Like, how was that? I'm still not a citizen. You know about the green card, right? I'm dead. <laughs> <laughs> nah. All you about to hear is FBI, uh-huh. open up. Nah, they're going to come after us now. Facts. No more. <laughs> no more Nick and Mal show. No more. <laughs> nah, I'm a good, I'm a good citizen. It's about to be the Mal show in two days. But... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> about to hate you. I don't care. But listen though, no. Nah. So when I when I when I did come over to America eventually, it was um it was rough. Like coming in number one, if you're from the Caribbean, um America's where you want to be, right? Mm-hmm. I, I feel like unless you're from Europe or one of these countries are wealthy, everyone wants to be in America. So I came to America with big eyes. And then as I told you, I have a big family, big friend group, like always around family, always around friends, multiple of them at a time. Like mm-hmm. my whole family literally lived in one small community. We were all a five minute walk away from each other. Damn. And that's extended family. And that's friends who are like family coming over here where it's just me and my mom. And my mom was going to school at the time. She was becoming a nurse, full time worker also. 
and the full-time mom, I've barely ever seen her. So for me, not only was it a culture shock seeing like, damn, people really live differently and the kids here are different. I really don't get along with them. I went to a high school in Manhattan um, at Murray Hill and it was mostly white kids. Mm-hmm. I hadn't met a white person until a month ago, mm-hmm. right? So naturally it was a little awkward. You know what I mean? So I said, for me personally, I kind of went into my shell. I've always been a very outward person. I kind of went into my shell and I never felt like I could actually be myself. Thank God I found a few friends there that I was able to, you know what I mean, have some sense of normalcy mm-hmm. for periods of time during during the day in my week. But I kind of went into my shell and I became a completely different person because, like I said, my situation in Trinidad where I'm around friends and family all the time, now I'm in a situation where I can't even be myself. And mm-hmm. I'm around people I don't understand. I don't, like... Yeah, two different cultures right there. Um, and coming to America is much more fast-paced. It's much more like you get with it or you get flown over. I had USPA and shit. I came tired, over. I, first thing I did, bro, my mom came. She gave me a little money to go shopping. Cop like five USPA t-shirts. I'm be the flyest nigga yeah, in the school. Fly. Because in Trinidad, the thing about the culture is as long as you have something that's clean, you're fly. Mm-hmm. Brand name is not really a thing. Niggas start laughing at me. I'm like, what's up with y'all? Y'all don't know about this yet? <laughs> I, thought, I thought they didn't know about USPA, but apparently I didn't know about USPA. Uh-huh. And and were they, were they picking on you? What it gave me? I got yeah, I got picked on and, for my for my accent. How you sound? <laughs> Don't do that. You, but no, all right. So this is actually a very important point, right? And I never people ask me all the time, like, do your Trini accent? Like, no, I, I'm not gonna do it. And my Trini accent is still very strong. You got like, me curious now, bro. Yeah, but the thing is, the fact that I always felt awkward when I went to this all white school. Mm-hmm. And people would sometimes, I remember one time I got in a fight with a dude in class and everybody started laughing. I'm like, nigga, I'm angry right now. Why are y'all laughing? Yeah. That kind of made me realize like, number one, I need to sound like an American so I don't stand out. People don't make fun of me. And that's why I don't play around with my accent and like, yo, mm-hmm. just be, Mal- Malcolm has never heard me. This has been my friend for more than four years. You've never heard me like, yo, put on a Trini accent. You know what I mean? And Caribbean people do that all the time. I'm like, nah, that's not me. Mm-hmm. So that's just one of the psychological issues that I was battling when I came here. Like, yo, mm-hmm. I really can't be myself. I can't mm-hmm. even talk like myself. Because mm-hmm. it's funny. Yeah. And then, like, from that high school, what what was that? How did you come to Fort Hamilton? Because me, you, and Juan made you through Fort. But them stages, them stages in, in the Manhattan school must have been rough. Super rough. It must have been rough. You must have felt out of character, out of whack. That's how I felt. You know what? I'm going to relate to you real quick, and I'm going to bounce back because this is about you guys, not me. So my first school was same as the college. I met a lot of – I mean, my first college. I said first school. Sorry for that. But I met – I'm in – I come from New York City, and I go all the way to Western PA. Bruh, the yeah, culture baby. shock. The culture shock. And like like Nick said, like – and I'm, I'm not – like, they're white boys out there. <laughs> I'm not a white boy. Those are white boys. We're talking like – like – Shout out, shout out, you know, the red, we're talking, you know, red next and what the case may be. <laughs> right. Everyone out there. That in yeah, so I'm just like, whoa. And like, they're saying, I have an accent. They're saying, you know, I look funny. They're saying, I'm like, you don't know, you don't know. Like, or, they don't understand my lingo. And it was just like, I, I couldn't be myself around them. Like, they just didn't get me. I was the black sheep. Yeah. I was a black, and I felt like, and I couldn't wait to get out that, to get out that cage. Mm-hmm. And like, when I finally spoke with someone from back home, I felt so good. Or 
when there was someone at the school where I could finally relate to, it felt good. But everyone else, I couldn't really talk to because I was a black sheep. I was just totally different. And then, like, mm-hmm. suck my dick, you heard? Mm-hmm. <laughs> but let me get a bacon, egg, and cheese. Yeah. <laughs> but imagine you felt that out of place and y'all grew up watching essentially the same TV and having some sort of the same semblance of culture being from the United States. Mm-hmm. Now, I look different from y'all. I, You know what I mean? Like, yeah. for me, it was crazy. Now, it's two, it's two different spectrums. Like, I felt different here, but Nick felt different, like, way here. Oh, yeah, now nah, he was yeah. out there. And, yeah. that, and that's why, to, to transition back to the other question, how did you and Juan meet me? I would say this first. Like, shout out to everyone that I was friends with at Fort Hamilton. Shout out to everyone that went to that school. That school brought me to sanity. Right. And it was a big part of my growth because I probably was a wild boy while I was at Fort Hamilton. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? But the football team, especially y'all, man, that's why I always have love for y'all. Like y'all gave me a sense of normalcy. You know what I mean? And that's how y'all met me. Uh I was on I was literally I was playing for the semi pro football team, Brooklyn Rough Riders, back to back champs. How did you end up transferring from that school to Fort Hamilton? So, literally, I'm on the Brooklyn Rough Riders, right? And we go to a game at Fort Hamilton's field. Okay. And mind you, first year in Trinidad, I see this big ass building. I didn't even know it was a school because this is not what schools look like in Trinidad. I'm asking, I'm like, yo, what the fuck is this? This is like a a government building or something? This is how a government building would look in Trinidad. I'm like, what's going on over here? He's like, nah, that's a school, and they nice as fucking football. They actually just won the chip like two years ago. I'm going there. You know what I mean? Automatically, it clicked. I'm going there. And um, me and my mom, I asked my mom, she, and she, and that's, my mom is very spiritual, and she was like, no, you're not transferring school. I like where you're at. I was 10 minutes away from her job. I would go wait for her after school. So she didn't want to let me go. Mm-hmm. And I was just begging, like, Mom, please, I want to play football. Please, please, please. And you wanted to get up, get the fuck out of that school. Just- yes. Mm-hmm. And eventually she let me transfer. You know what I mean? And that's how I, and shout out to Coach Wilson. He did some paperwork. I don't know if I can say that on here. <laughs> I, I, I don't know. I don't know. We have know. to cut that out. We have to cut that out. I don't know. But we finesse, you know, we fin- everything's about finessing. So we finesse, you finesse the way, mm-hmm. you know, because shout out to coach. We, we, made, we made it happen. Yes. And I, I ended up at Fort Hamilton. And I don't regret any part of it. How did you meet Coach Wilson, though? Literally walking with my mom off the bus. Me and my mom coming from Manhattan. She's like, hey, come on, Nick. I got you. Let's go to Fort Hamilton. Uh-huh. We got off the B-16, is it? Is that the bus over there? I think so. Yeah, yeah. yeah. To be 16, we walk down, and first person we see, Coach Wilson. God. That's a God first God. person that's we God. see. And it, the crazy part about it is, it's God because anybody else would have been like, bro, you can't come here. Mm-hmm. You're not even from around here. Coach Wilson was like, come on, I got you. I took us down to the office, start working on paperwork immediately. Mm, first yeah. day I met this man, bro. Mm-hmm. A lot of love. Son, yeah. That, that's that's perfect timing. Um. Let's let's relay a little bit back to Malcolm. Um, how was your how was your high school experiences? We're on the high school road right now. Um, like growing up in Queens, that's like it's like Brooklyn almost, kind of. Yeah, in and a that, sense, like that city life. You know what I'm saying? So, like, yeah. how was it for you growing up? Because we know we have Nick's story now. So, like, tell us a little bit about your upbringing. Like, what was like middle school to high school like, and like after the fact. All right. Um. So, uh, I lived in Queens until I was like eight years old. So that was like. Uh, in uh, uh, fourth grade, so around mm-hmm. October in fourth grade, I had moved to Long Island. Nice. Uh, out east, like an hour away. Um, and uh, the school I went to, I went to uh, Longwood. And uh, it's a majority white school. I mean, it was really no culture shock. I was eight years old. It's yeah, probably yeah, a culture yeah. shock for my older brother. He was in ninth grade, so in high school, mm-hmm. you know, big culture shock. But uh, to me, it wasn't no culture shock. Um, 
Um, I started playing. Um, that their little league football team is called like Lysa, so it's like Longwood Youth mm-hmm. School Association uh, for football. Uh, did that throughout my um my youth time there. Um, really nothing spectacular between middle school, junior high. I would say, uh, well, football wise, we talk about football. Um, in seventh grade, this is a funny story actually. Um. Bro, I was begging to play fullback. I was begging the coach to play fullback, play f- fullback. This is seventh grade, so this is the first time, you know, you playing with um older kids and everything. And, uh, bro, the coach will allow me to practice Monday through Friday as a fullback, but every time we had a game, I was playing left tackle. Mm-hmm. Right. <laughs> I swear to God, bro. I would practice as a fullback Monday through Friday. When it's game time, I'm playing left tackle. Yeah, I don't know what you. the... Finesse me. I don't yeah. know what the fuck I'm doing when this game's on, bro. You used a little all I know, back then? Yeah. <laughs> all I know is the ball's going to the right side, I'm blocking my guy to the left. If the ball's coming my way, if it's going to the outside of me, I'm blocking him to the right. That's all I knew. Mm. Right? That's so, crazy. Yeah. Not mm. even play football, but I sound crazy. Yeah. Bro, it's bro. like it's like you going as a you're a Marine, right? It's like, all right, you're gonna shoot a sniper and and you're practicing snipers and they have you shooting machine guns. You, yeah. gotta, you gotta lo- you gotta learn how no. to shoot a machine gun before you can shoot a sniper. <laughs> but, 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 like what you, you get what I'm saying? You, I'm fucking with you. I'm, I'm, pretty, with shit. I'm pretty good with all of them. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm pretty good this guy. Fucking swords. Yeah, shit. I mean, because he went to Trinidad, he's shooting all these guns over <laughs> <laughs> Fucking pirates, bro. <laughs> but um, so they and then how was your uh, so how was your like high school experience relatable um, to Nick? Was it? It wasn't a culture shock for you. It was just, nah, all right, this is... Um, high, high school was high school, really. You understand what I'm saying? Um, one thing, I, one life lesson you learn during high school, though, is uh, um, how easy people could switch on you, no matter what type of success you feel. Um, success isn't as beautiful as people think it is. Uh, it depends on what success you look like. Um, senior year... Uh, like I correlate everything to football, bro, because football was my yeah, blood. It was your life. You yeah, it really life. was my life, right? Um... So senior year, we had a, a very good year. You know, we spanking teams. Like, I kid you not, it's eight games in a regular season. We played one full game, and the score was 14-13. Mm. You know what I'm saying? So um, we played only one half out of eight games. Only seven games, we only played the first half, and we were chilling for the rest of the game. Yeah, the, the backup show. was mm. playing, yeah. And um, so, you know, everyone's showing love and everything. You know, life is good. You think you're going to go to the LIC easily. It's going to be a walk in the park. But players is a different story. And you deal with injuries. And um, so, you know, we, we lost in the second round of the playoffs. And then you just start realizing people don't, mm-hmm. you know, rock. really, yeah, rock with you. And I even dealt that when I was uh, in, like, junior high, bro. Like, even when I played Lysa, our quarterback, bro, when it was football season, like, he will be mad cool with me. And then, like, when football's over with, he'll act like he wouldn't know me. I but th- it wouldn't bother him. But it was like, yo, I, I understand how the type of person you are. It yeah. took me a year to understand, but it's like, all right, bro. Like, I think that's I just, a good good, good message overall in life. That's just sometimes how it mm-hmm. is. When it comes to business, people are going to work business with you. Yeah. And when it's not, you're going to see who, who's rocking with you. And that's just the same journey or anything. Like, talking about football, football has a core, has a shot, excluding Casey. I mean, he has, but, yeah. like, uh, one, two, three, and one. We all got mm-hmm. to, we all share that experience of football and taught us a lot. You know, if it was fo- football, I wouldn't have met Nick, nor I wouldn't have gotten as close with Juan because me and Juan went to middle school and what the case may be. But me and Juan really got close to football. And I think that's just general good life lesson right there. You really see who's really down for you when just 
shit just starts getting real. Like yeah. fo- to me, absolutely football. Yeah, it's re- like, but when it comes to the real life, football, you know, is like, you know, you gotta mm-hmm. you gotta pay your bills. You gotta just do what you want to do. Outside that, you're gonna see really rocking with you. Just like, even like adding on to that, like I'm gonna agree with Ethan. Ethan says this shit all the time to me, but he's like, and he kind of preaches this a lot on like his social media. If y'all follow him. Kick like, class. Yeah, boy, there you go, kick class. But he always posts this one thing, and it's always super relatable. It's crazy to see all the people that we used to know growing up, the people who thought they were, like, hot shit, right, and mad cool. And then you see them years later, bro, bums. and they bums, and they straight doing nothing. And they hit you up to see how you doing, because now you're doing better than them. And, like, you always know, like, the people who aren't going to succeed. You know what I'm saying? I'm not trying to be, like, I'm not trying to stereotype or put anyone in, like, a little, like, box, right? But you know the kids who are always going to be the trouble kids and the ones that aren't going to, like, some people really get their shit together, don't flip it around. But, like, it blows my mind to this day because I always related back to this, right? Like, there's so many people that I've seen that I thought were going to be so amazing and, like, they just <laughs> fall off the face of the planet. I don't even know them anymore. Yeah. And I'm just like, that shit's crazy because you had everything going for you, but you let, like, everything just slip in the palm of your hand, bro. And, and that feeling I, that I was getting, you know, for those situations, that's why, like, in high school, I made sure our managers, uh, we had two managers, and I would just give them a hug before every game in high school. You understand what I'm mm-hmm. saying? So just to show, show, show them, like, yo, you were part of the team and... I'm not going to treat you no other way of who you are because your job is as important as mine. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Just to touch on what you uh, said, Casey. So me and Mal, as a part of our show, we break down the 48 Laws of Power chapter by chapter. Mm -hmm. Actually, the chapter that we broke down today was... um, It's Law 47. Law 47, never go past your mark or something. The the Mm -hmm. basis of the chapter was basically learning how to deal with success and how success could sometimes be your worst... your worst enemy, Mm -hmm. your, your worst nightmare because... It gets you lazy. Absolutely. You don't you, you don't learn how to plan and strategize because you start to think that your attitude is a reason for your success. So a lot of these kids in high school, mm-hmm. right? Oh my God, I'm the shit. They rest on their laurels and it's like, bruh, life hasn't even started yet. That's facts. Life hasn't even started yet. And that's why a lot of them get fucked up. But no no one, especially at our age, no one life is over. You know what I mean? No, absolutely. Hopefully they learn the lesson like, damn, I was a little bit too big headed. Mm-hmm. I, I was drunk with success. I was getting all the girls I had. I was selling drugs. I had money. You know what I mean? All of this was going for me. I was a cool kid. But now my life sucks. And hopefully they take that lesson. Take that as a lesson to, okay, this is going to be the rest of my life. Let me get my life back on track. And when I do have success again. Learn how to be sober and strategize instead of resting on mm-hmm. my laurels again and falling back mm. into that trap. And that's the purpose of this podcast, bro. That's why we have brothers in the deep end, man. That's why we bring people on the show to talk about the negatives that they had in life and they turned it into a positive, right? Yes. Like it was Ethan's pops, that was a negative. But now look at him now, bro. He's like one of the strongest kids I fucking know, no cap. Yeah, you know, salute, that us. He's one he, of the most strongest kids uh, I know, you know? Like you, even some of the shit y'all been through and y'all experiences, right? Like, it made y'all the person, like, the people you are now. And, like, just alone, like, we're going to get into it in a little bit with your podcast, too. But, like, it's crazy just to hear how you came from Trinidad, right? And you came from a life that just football was everything. And, like, it blows my mind because everyone comes from something different but has that same goal in the end. Mm. And it's it's wild to me, bro, because it's crazy. Since we're talking about football, let's bring it back to football real quick. Nick, so you came to Fort Hamilton, right? Let's go back to Nick because everything correlates to football. So now the football team, how did how did football change your life? In Fort Hamilton, and and for and like when, when I saw you in Fort Hamilton, right when I, I I remember you coming, I'm like, yo, who is this kid? He just looked like trouble. Nick looked like trouble. <laughs> Nick you weren't like, wrong. Nick looked like trouble. I'm like, <laughs> I'm, I'm like, I'm like, I could just read auras. Like, I think that's something my dad really 
I don't know, pass down to me, son. I could read the room. I could just read people like this. Boom. I could just look. Ever since I was little, I could just look at you to tell. Mm -hmm. I'm like, I got to stay away from this kid. This kid looks like trouble. Again, like I said trouble. Well, it sounds like you were judging me from an unfair... I like, think yeah, yeah, really a race. <laughs> no, it's just, <laughs> it's just... It's just... It's just... I don't know. I, I don't know. Like, I just had this... So I'm like... Maybe mm. I look like someone that bullied you as a kid or something. No. Nah. <laughs> Subconsciously, I don't know. Nah. So when you came on the team, I was like... Yo, this dude chats a lot, man. Talks a lot, and then you said like, you know, you couldn't, you you couldn't be yourself. So maybe when you came to Fort Hamilton, right? It was more of like, oh, I could be myself. Like mm -hmm. their football team, they're diverse. They just open. They don't care about where 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 people are from. They don't care about the skin color. Blah, blah, blah. Mm -hmm. Everyone's just together. We're a unit, and it's just all in one. So niggas just cut it, just being himself. But it kind of rubbed off as to me as like. Damn, this dude's a little, because sometimes he'll just, like, come at you and just chat, 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 but you can come up and make fun of you. Like, he'll just keep it Absolutely. real real blunt with you, and it'll kind of hurt it's hurt you in a ugly. sense. <laughs> yeah. No, like, he was, he was straight up, like, am I wrong? You're 1,000% right. <laughs> 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 he, 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 he would do that, but he, he would do that, and I was just like, oof, I don't, I don't want to really talk to this kid, because he just... He meant that out of a good place. Yeah. Okay, so the thing is, right, I, I, really just I grew up asshole. with only yeah. family and really close friends. Like I, I, I tell, I, I really don't have. I rather not associate with someone if I don't see us having a good relationship, right? And that comes from my upbringing in Trinidad. Everyone I associated with was family. Like I, I'm willing to die for you, type shit. You know what I mean? And mm -hmm. I want to associate with people. So if we make certain types of jokes, like we could be extremely blunt with each other. You feel yeah, me? And, and, for, so, and for Hamilton. And, and they wouldn't take it that way. But you come and E is a kid who's never met me and he's already- You can come me. off a little strong, yeah, you know? Yeah, But it was never out of place of malice. Nah. Never out of place nah. of malice. But but Nick Nick grew a lot in football. Um, I mean, you could just talk about it for yourself, but I was just say from my point of view, from, from, from Fort Hamilton till now, it was just like, <clears throat> whoa, the growth of this kid, like he just came from like, you know, kind of like all over, but now he he kind of could like sense sense like what to say, what not to say, yes. what's right, what's wrong, rather than just be like, okay, yeah, this is cool. Maybe if it's cool to to them, but maybe I just got ease my way into it rather than just, oh yeah, it's mm -hmm. cool. I'm gonna just go in and then go 100 mm percent -hmm. with what they're doing, just sort of like ease his way to it. And he has like more of a, a respect boundary to that because so, Nick got in a lot of fights in football. Yeah. <laughs> so did y'all go to college after the fact after Fort Hamilton? Yeah, I, I know played, you didn't go I to college football. Yeah. And, and football is what brought these two guys together, together. in college. So, in so I'm just curious, what colleges you guys both went to? Utica College. Yeah. Both same one? Yeah, yeah. Oh, so that's how y'all met. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, my mind ev fucking blown. Ev ev everything, oh, everything, you know, that's what I'm saying. Everything kind of, football, okay. football is a blessing because football, football, it brought them together. Yeah. It has us three together. It has wands with us yeah, too. One, two, three, yeah, four. Yeah. All play yeah. football, bro. <laughs> <laughs> so, so, so how did y'all meet now? So y'all both played football together. Is that y'all both on the same team, I'm assuming? Yeah. So that's how y'all met. So how did this all like come into like fruition now? Like y'all were just like, yeah, fuck it. I want to make a podcast. <laughs> like, so how does like relation, how does friendship build? Uh, okay. So you, you, do you want to go? You can get so basically, me and Malcolm, um, he no, you tell you are the one who has the story because I don't remember it <laughs> about us, about how we literally. We'll be here all day. One of y'all gotta tell the story. My man, my man Nick living large. You know what I'm saying? Freshman <laughs> on campus with the whip. Yo, by the Come way, y'all remember Come when on. I used to sell candy in high school? Yeah. 
That's how he bought his whip. Come on, saved up like two racks. I was really a traveler. For, no, really game. a Trinidadian. Trapping off the McDonald's do. chocolates, bro. If you're still in high school, go to BJ's, get you a couple of boxes of Kit Kats and Snickers. Get you a duffel bag. I, I never even wore a book bag my whole senior yeah, year yeah, high school. Free and game. no shoes. That's facts. <laughs> no shoes. But go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. <laughs> so go ahead. So Nick was Nick was the, the you know what I'm saying. Nick had the, you know what I'm saying. I had the whip. <laughs> and I needed to go to Walmart, right? So I'm like, yo, I'm Nick. I'm dead. I yeah. thought I was gonna go away somewhere else. <laughs> so I'm like, yo, yo, can you take me to Walmart? I guess I was like, we had practice. I'm like, yo, Nick, you take me to uh, Walmart. He's like, yeah. So Nick, Nick picked me up. I'm like, I bet. I'm about to go get my stuff, and that's it. Bro, we just about to leave campus. This man, Nick, goes, yo, you got the gas money? <laughs> that's Nick for you. Uh, that's yeah, that's Nick, Nick for you right that's there. Nick. But listen, though, but back to back to my personality. Coming to America and every... I, first of all, I don't want to sound like a victim. Am I sounding like a victim right no, now? You're nah, talk, nah. Talk, bro, you're here to talk. talk right, to exactly. Like, just coming to America and realizing the fakeness in people. In my head, I got a card. No one is going to use me. That's one of my things in life. I know if you can't be used, you're useless, but I'm not going to let anyone misuse me, I would say. Mm-hmm. And that was a mindset I was in. I'm like, bro, I've got a car. Niggas is not just going to be asking for rides. Mm-hmm. So if you finna get a ride, nigga, what's up with the gas money? Yeah. And that's, <laughs> and that's how I approach Malcolm. And I'm sorry it came off that way, though. No, that's all good. I apologize to you. He holds that to his heart. Yeah. Yeah. If, if, if it wasn't good, there wouldn't be no Nick and Mouse. So continue so on. That happened. I'm like, yo, bro, if... if, if if you want a gas money, you should have told me before then. He was like, yo, I'm like, yo, you could take me back to my dorm. I'm and, <laughs> and then he was like, yo, bro, you mad smart because motherfuckers dead would have given me money. <laughs> that ass. So that's basically how our, our friendship started. And then um, football, we really had uh, built that bond. And then um, I was at UC for the freshman, uh, the fall semester freshman year. And then I went home spring semester uh, due to financial reasons. And... um. Nick Nick had called me, you know what I'm saying? Nick called me one day, just a spring semester freshman year, and you know, and I was texting this one dude named Boo, shout out to Boos, but uh, Nick had called me, and uh, Nick called me, and it was like organic, you know what I'm saying? It was no like, you know how sometimes you talk to someone you haven't spoke to in a, in a while, it's like, oh, and it's yeah, hard. How you doing? Blah, yeah, blah, blah. and it's like, yo, why are we speaking? Or it's hard to communicate. It wasn't like that with Nick, you know what I'm saying? What I'm saying? So, and I'm just remembering what happened. Like, I literally came to school and first semester, right? Cause so. Like, for the whole first semester, you feel like you're getting to know each other. But when you come back from second semester, you feel like, oh, shit, I know him. Like, you know mm-hmm. what I mean? These my mans. And I'm chatting with everybody. Yo, everybody around. Where the fuck is Malcolm at? Like, everybody, where's Malcolm? Where's Malcolm? I started hearing, like, yo, this dude is not coming back to UC. And I'm heartbroken at this point. I'm like, yo, it's my mans. Why mm-hmm. he not coming back to UC? So I had to call him. man. I think that's why I called you. Yeah. When so- I found out you wasn't going to UC anymore. yeah. Um, but I already knew I was going back to UC. We just had to figure out a uh, basic strategy for yeah. me to go back, really. But yeah, Nick Nick had called me back, and um, like I said, it was just all organic love, you know, easy mm-hmm. conversation. And uh, when I got back to uh, UC, uh, sophomore year, Nick, so UC had accepted way too many students. So Nick, they had kids living in a hotel like ten minutes away. Nick still had a whip, so so he was good living this, <laughs> right? Um, but. After football and shit like that, even during camp, like you don't want to drive ten minutes away when people live on campus. So Nick would be like, "Yo, bro, what you doing?" And then we would just chill at my dorm, and that's when we really uh, started building that that connection. And just really, chopping it up. Yeah, that sophomore year, and especially in college, I could relate because in college, <clears> when you have that one person you could just call and just chop it up with, in college you kind of have a lot. Of, you kind of have a lot of free time sometimes, and it's just like 
all right, I need to talk to someone, or you just you, you just got need, a lot of options. You got to build a bunk because all right, yeah, you could do your schoolwork, yeah, you get, but then you have mad free time. It's like, what else do I do? Who do I talk to? And then boom, that brought you together, and then y'all played football. So, um, what what stuck out between you guys' relationship was it that like it was just just organic, just like y'all was y'all was in it for one another. It was just like <laughs> that's my brother off the rip. Like, how did it go? Like, so number one, it was a friendship, right? It was a friendship, and as I said, we had a lot of friends because we're on a football team. So it was a few of us. It was me, him, our boy Keanu. Shout out to Keanu, Tyree, uh, and we were we were all friends. But me and Malcolm Bond became different when. I, and I said, and this is why it's perfect that we're in business together. It came off of responsibility. It came off of accountability, right? So we're at football. Me and Malcolm have the same mindset. We're trying to be the best players here mm-hmm. at our positions, right? At the time, we were two of the best young players in our freshman class. We're like, yo, we're trying to be okay, better. Talk it, talk it. Take, no, for a fact. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know what I mean? We're trying to be better and take it to a different level. And we would make plans. Maybe the first time was like four of us. Like, yo, let's all go work out in the morning. No one shows up but me and Malcolm. And I, I feel like from that day, me and Malcolm understood something. Is like, yo, if you tell Nick something, Nick is going to keep his word and he's going to do it. He's going to be accountable. Nick, if Malcolm <clears throat> tells you something and just know he's going to do it. It's kind of like no funny shit. It's like a, a parental relationship where you trust that your parent is going to hold you down. You know she's not going to mm. cap. But yeah, yeah, let me let me, let me me rewind back, though, why also our friendship is so strong. It's basically off of New York City football versus Long Island football. We can't forget that. You know what I'm saying? We have big debates. So, you know what I'm saying? Trinity Damn. Boy right here went to the Boomer game. You know what I'm saying? For those that don't know, it's New York City versus Long Island, right? And my argument was, y'all supposed to be there, but I got injured. And it's a fact. I, I was supposed to be there. What, what happened was, um, I had played fullback in high school, and Isaiah White played running back. For those that don't know Isaiah White, he uh, played running back at Stony Brook. Um, how it looked having two running backs on the same team on on, on, a, um, on um, the all, all-star Long Island team, right? It, it wouldn't make sense. You know, you want to share the wealth. They had some bum kids small school in Sayville <laughs> play running back now this is facts yeah, hopefully facts. he doesn't facts. see this facts. 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 but um so we was, me and Nick always argued over that like which football is better he's like but bro you never made it to the booming game I'm like yo I should have made it to the booming game I was all state second team I couldn't because Isaiah White had the spot and they had to give it to another kid the other kid in Sayville you understand what I'm and saying and he tried to make the idiotic <clears throat> argument that Long Island football is better than New York City yeah. football. So we're not gonna get into that debate. <laughs> yeah, you know what I'm saying that's, that's a fact though. Because that because that debate could go on and on, and and I could see that bringing your relationship close. Because I forgot to mention, Nick loves to debate. Come on, I mean he loves to debate. So anyone out there, any one of viewers want to debate with him, just type him up on his Instagram or uh, on his comments on YouTube. Like Nick, I want to come on the podcast debate with you. He'll bring it up in, in, in a heartbeat. Y'all will but, lose um, by the way. Probably will lose because. Uh, they got a special nickname for him that you know. But Come not, on, we're not gonna do that. Not gonna do that right now. But, but you, you two, you two guys um, said a key thing with relationships and how y'all became business partners and why you're starting a podcast and it's all gonna come to one. With my, what I'm trying to bring here. So me and Casey is the same thing. You said accountability and responsibility, and it's like about holding each other down. So that's what brothers in the deep end is about. And just in life, it's it's like a lifestyle. Like you said, your podcast is a lifestyle. I think brothers in the deep end is what I've been. I've been about my whole life. Like, I love my brothers. I love my true friends because ever since me and my dad used to hold each other down like that, right? And I wanted, I want that relationship, even though I'm not going to have, I'm not going to ever have a relationship like what I had with me and my father ever again. But I want a similar relationship to that, like some codes 
that stick by abide about abide by that, which is responsibility and being accountable. So I think that's why you two are business po- partners and podcast partners, and it's going well, especially well. The same with Casey. So Casey, um, we had a fallout. Me and Casey, me and him weren't talking for a while because he lacked that at one point with me, and there was one, and he lacked that a lot. And I was just like, "Yo, I'm tired of shit." Like, bro, like get your shit straight, and then we talk. But now we're on the same page. I'm like, "Yo, Casey, we got we got to do this. We do it. When it comes to anything with podcasts, like we get it done. We're on top of it. Whenever anything I call him on, mm-hmm. like it's like right, I could count on him. You could count on me." And it's the same here. And it's just the same with all, all my brothers and all my friends. Like, you too. I like being around you because, you know, we're doing the podcast. We, you, I text you. You text me back. I'll call you. We set up a time. We do a meeting. Whatever the case may be, we get it done. Mm-hmm. So for going into, that's why I think it was ordained by God with y'all too. Because now y'all got a podcast. What made you start? All right, Malcolm. Like, let, let's let start a podcast. Because in, mm-hmm. in my head, and I'm proud for the viewers' head, it's like, all right, yeah, and also Nick, why would you want to start a podcast? Because it's like, all right, why are you two kids out of nowhere or two kids? Not sorry for me saying kids, but why these two fellows want to start a podcast? Yeah. So, so what started that off? So talking about the debate thing, I'm a big, big like uh, sports center fan. You know what I mean? I grew up on fit First Take. Like that was my TV show. Bro, Just first... this motherfucker had no headphones, bro. Listen to it in the calf out bro, loud. Listen to it in the calf out loud. It's not even that, bro. It'll be six a.m., bro. Like, bro, go put some headphones and walk around the crib. You hear Stephen A. Smith yelling. <laughs> That's the first thing I listen to. Like, yo. But, so, so basically, I always <clears throat> knew like there's talent in that, and I like like I like anything that you can be a professional at. And I'm like, damn, he's Stephen A. Is good. And that's why every here and then you hear me try to use a couple of big words, you know what I mean? And no, for, for <laughs> real. Though. Then I started getting into a, to the podcast game a little bit later. Uh, Charlemagne the God uh, with the Brilliant Shout Idiots, out. Joe Rogan, okay. uh, Joe Budden, even though I don't really listen to that podcast anymore, uh, Flagrant 2 with Andrew Schultz. And I start looking at these guys like, yo, these motherfuckers are professionals. Like, the way we look at Floyd Mayweather as being a tactician, the same way I look at these people. And I've been breaking down the podcast game like this in my head since that age. Mm-hmm. So I was literally infatuated with it. And I always knew I was going to do something talking in front of the camera because I always wanted to do that, right? If you go on my old YouTube, like, eight years ago, you could hear me debating sports. like just making stupid YouTube videos. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So I always knew I was about it. As I said, I found someone that I know if I say, bro, let's do this, it's going to be done. Mm -hmm. So there is nobody else I would do it with. Yo, Mal, we were in college, senior year. Was it senior year? Senior year, we had an apartment with a big loft upstairs. And I'm like, hey, Mal, let's get some equipment. Let's get a table. Let's start doing a podcast. Okay, done, done. In a week, we had everything. Mic, mixer, table, everything. And that's where it started. That's where it started. And that didn't really materialize into an actual podcast. We never put out an episode. But this is how life is. I always say tell Mal once it's up there, it's stuck there. When when the um when 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 the, <laughs> when the pandemic started, I hit Mal like, yo, bro, it's time to do a podcast. I was living in Albany at the time and I was willing to make the trip down every weekend to just it. to do the podcast with Mal. Fire. You feel me? Because that's how much I love this shit. That's how much I believe in, in, in our talent doing this shit. And we started it. Oh, so you started in the pan. That's crazy because yeah. we started we did we the started, same thing. You right? started early in the, in the in the pandemic, and so did we. Because like when I when I saw you, I was like, oh shoot. And 
I was like, oh, we gotta get this rocket too. My brother doing it. It was like it's racing. Mm-hmm. You saw people doing it. Like, yo, nah, I'm gonna do it. Yeah. yeah. And yeah. I saw Nick. It's like more of a push. I'm like, oh. And then Nick just put me on like, e. All right, you were trying to get in a podcast. And I want this is a good thing because he's like, all right, you trying to get a podcast. Like, do this, do that, do that. Because he already had experience in the podcast. Yes, we're just getting started with a podcast. We have a lot more to go. We're not experts with it. But he was giving me gems, and I appreciate that. And he's up and coming right now. We're all just growing with our viewers, with our numbers daily. It's amazing, one by one. I'm not I'm not trying to get a short-term. We're not trying to get no short-term gratification. Like, it's a 30-year plan. Off, off rip. Uh-huh. Oh, yeah, this podcast is booming. We want to, we want just one thing at a time, you know, just... You know, follow that pace. It's a, it's we're trying, we're trying to last for a while mm-hmm. and just slowly build this up. Cause the same way it comes up, the same way it goes down. I'd rather slow up so that if we decline, it's a little decline. We could pick back up. And rather, you get it, my fault. You get it and just boom. You know. And the dope part about the podcasting game is that we're literally how old are you? E? Twenty three. I'm twenty four. We're all. I'm eighteen. Fifty. <laughs> no, <I'm laughs> you're illegal. No, I'm twenty three. Oh, this guy. No, I'm twenty three. I'm twenty three. Now I'm saying though, like. The thing about this podcast and shit is dope because 10 years, we're going to be way better podcasters because we have more ex- life experience to speak on and more things to relate to to our listeners out there. Yeah. And it's and you know what's funny? Um, Wallow said it's out to Wallow. I watch Million Dollars Worth of Game, but it's no competition with this podcast or whatever platform you're trying to do. It's really no competition. I want Nick to strive and be great. I'm not in no competition with his viewers or the amount of money or ads he gets. There's enough money for all of us, for all of us to eat, there's enough, enough resources for all of us to gain from. Like, it's not no competition. Like, we literally share gems with each other all the time. Like, it's not no, like, like secret or not like, oh, we need the one up on them. Everyone got their own niche and just stick to it and just stay in lane and, and do you. Like, stop being, like, secret competition with people or, like, low-key hating. Like, for, I guarantee some people out there, like, oh, Ethan... Ethan is probably in competition with Nick or vice versa. Like it's it's not like that at, at all. It's just pure just love if with they this only game. Know. Yeah, if they if they only knew, I just I just want to make that clear. Like it's never no no competition out there. We all we all trying to eat. We all trying to be great. And 20, 2021 is a time where everyone could be great. We got the technology. We got all this stuff. So I, why not? I look at it like this. I know all my today had enlightened me a little bit on what I'm about to say. But on my way here, I'm I'm watching uh, CNBC news right. And some ad popper with this these these young dudes um advertising a new salsa. I'm like, yo, the fuck? Someone making a new salsa already? You know, I, you we go to to the store right now. We go into the freezer out the fridge aisle with the beer. There's a whole bunch of salsa. Bud Light, Corona. Mm-hmm. Everyone got their own salsa. And I'm like, yo, what the fuck? So one of the it's three dudes. One of the dudes worked in a beer distributor, uh, right? And um. He hit up his boy who was Asian and goes, yo, the bear salsa market is huge. We need to get in it with your flavors. You know what I'm saying? Whatever uh, the Asians like to drink. So I was like, all right, that's perfect. Then they got some other dude that did the marketing for me. For them, they dumped their savings in. And that's how I look at the podcast game. You go to the store, there's different... Bud Light has their own salsa. Bud Light has their own beers. Corona has their own beers. Corona has their own salsa. That's basically what it is. You know what I'm saying? It's somebody, somebody gonna like your shit. Somebody gonna like they shit. Yeah, that's that's basically how it's gonna come down to. Or they gonna like both. Exactly. And they they don't care. The thing is, I can't do what he does. I kind of touch on it in in the beginning of the podcast. Like I faithfully watch our podcast. I might not finish the whole thing because that's how I am with podcasts. Yeah, it's it's okay. I can't do what you do. The way you are able to stick to a story and carry it out, like I said, you turned you getting COVID into our episode. I could never do that. 
Mm. I'm gonna start talking about some weird shit. You feel yeah. me? <laughs> but I, I no, but for real though, but that's why there's no competition is because we all do it differently. Andrew Schultz and Joe Rogan, they're completely different podcasters. Mm-hmm. And that's why it's no competition, because we in this lane, bro, we we're not gonna step on each other's foot. And it's better to have a community than to have adversaries. Right. You know what I mean? And and we're all we all hold each other down. We're all responsible and accountable mm-hmm. yet again. And those principles come into part and come into play. Um, and shout, you know, shout out to my guy Juan. I want to beat him up at times. He's my brother, but sometimes mm-hmm. he don't call me back, motherfucker. And I think, <laughs> and, and even like to touch on your topic a little bit, like the fact that you guys, you know, have a podcast, and you know, and you're and you're black young men is even more powerful because that's huge, especially in these times. I feel like you guys have that voice, and you guys got to express how you feel sometimes. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Because that's really big, and I feel like everyone has a message. And if you can get out your message and reach people out there who are tuning into your story, then you impact someone so much more. And you give someone, hopefully, a different point of view on what they're thinking because no one knows everyone's story and everyone has a whole different yeah. background, you know what I'm saying? And that's why we do this, and that's why we brought you guys on today because y'all message is way different compared to ours. But we wanted your viewers to see a different side of y'all. And we're you know switch, what I'm saying? Switch, and we're switching the scenes. Mm-hmm. Rear. That's what that's what rear literally means, bro. I'm not even kidding you. For my album, it means switching scenes. And like yeah. that's what y'all did today. Y'all switched the scene because y'all go from this like comedy joking, talking the shit to all right, now we're gonna talk about your backstory. Like what brought you here now? You know, y'all both came up so much different. But look at that. Y'all both have the same end goal. Don't die. But yeah. <laughs> I thought I was dead. I <laughs> but y'all both have the same end goal and y'all both came together to have this bigger picture together. And I think that's honestly beautiful and like I said, like, I think just to touch a little bit on, like, on both of y'all's stories, y'all both didn't become, like, products of your environment. Yep. You came from Trinidad, and you could have just stood like that. You could have stood in your ways just from Trinidad, but you came here, and you switched up for the better, and you grew as a person. And same with him. Same with Malcolm. Same thing. It's, like, it's crazy to me, like, your both of y'all's stories, because Ethan literally made a point, like, Y'all were probably destined to meet, bro, and that was honestly like just planned from some other higher power than we could think of. Bro, I'm I'm glad you said that because I'll be telling Nick that too. I'm like, yo, bro, you from Trinidad, bro? Like, <laughs> you my best friend. That don't even make sense. Like, who would have thought That's somebody facts. from a whole different yeah. country would be and, my and, best friend? Yeah, and like two different like scenes, like yeah. you know, like I don't know, just completely different yeah. cultures. I literally said on the uh, so Malcolm had the COVID right, and he had to miss an episode. So I'm like, okay, I'm gonna give him his flowers. And I literally said, yo. I'm insecure a little bit with the podcast and shit, not in a bad way, because as I told you, I always wanted to do this, and I'm insecure. Like, yo, what? Is, like, if I didn't find Malcolm, bro, I probably wouldn't even be doing a podcast mm-hmm. and literally not fulfilling my life dream. Yeah. So it's crazy that we met and this was just able to be done. You feel me? Yeah. So, and you shout out to my brother right here, man. You don't meet a lot of people like that. No, nah, a lot you, of people you can really depend on and say like, "Yo, what the fuck ever, bro." Yeah, you know what I mean. Yeah, real rap, and you'd be lucky if you get one. Salute to my dad for telling me that. You get one. Yeah, you, know you know got. Ooh, <laughs> Don DeMarco, come on, we gotta uh, press that button here. right now. <laughs> That's a bar there. right here. What um, for for anyone out there, I mean. You've been in this podcast game longer than me. I mean, I would say my shows for anyone out there. Let's talk about, you know, kind of like the struggles of like a podcast because they really think it's easy. This shit, That's a fact. this shit is not easy. Like I everyone thought it was easy. So everyone want to have a podcast. And for everyone that wants to do a podcast, I salute you and what the case may be or whatever platform. But I just want to tell you, like, from my point of view, it's a lot of work and it's not as easy as it <coughs> seems. Like, even now, we may have some mistakes and flaws and we're just running with, we're just doing what we got to do. 
But Malcolm made a good point to me in a conversation. He was just like, you know, it's just about doing it and adjusting. Doing it and adjusting and just doing it. Sometimes you just got to dive in the deep end and like be like, all right, this is how the water is. Okay, yeah. okay. All right, let's do it again. Let's, let's see if I could trench the water again a little bit better. Okay, and then it's just over mm. and over. Yeah, to even end it on this high note, you know, like what were some lows during this process of coming to where you guys or are? Or even like, what, right now. Yeah, and what are some things that you guys struggle with currently, you know? Um, I would say my... And this is personal, right? This is personal for me on how serious I take stuff. My attitude towards a show, whether it be a good show or a bad show. Like, literally, it's stupid, but if I have a really good episode on the show, tell Mal. And a lot of people don't hear me say this. I feel like Rogan. Like, on some real shit, I feel like Rogan. I, And I think you kind of need to be, what's the word I'm looking for? You need to be idiotic in your belief sometimes in order to get somewhere. Because you you have to believe you want to be Tom Brady before you become Tom Brady. Else you would have just been a way by the side quarterback, right? And if I have a bad episode, it's really fucked me up for an entire week. Like if I have a bad episode and I feel like, damn, Nick, you didn't study enough, you didn't you didn't deliver a message, you didn't you know what I mean you didn't communicate clearly enough, I would literally have a bad week. So that's the toughest part of the podcast to me. It it, it affects my whole life basically. Mm, ambition right there. He's mm-hmm. passionate about this shit. How do you overcome that that bad feeling? If I have a bad episode, as soon as I leave the podcast, go write an article at home. Go read a book. Go learn something new. Because, okay, next week, I got to teach my listener something. Mm. And the funniness just comes because me and Malcolm are best friends. So that, the, yeah. and, and, and I want to say one thing. I don't. And you we, got a funny nickname. I'm not going to say it. <laughs> that's, I got a couple funny yeah. nicknames. But I know we market our podcast as a funny podcast, but that's not all we do. We have real conversations on there. Mm-hmm. We, we, you know what I mean? Y'all could learn certain things. By the way, go listen to the J-West mm-hmm. episode if y'all really want to hear us dive into some deeper topics. But that's how I get over that. You you got to have a better week in preparation if you had a bad episode. And then I've never had two bad episodes in a row. I say that. Mm. So I know how to bounce back from it. And um, I want to touch that. I want to touch back. I'll touch on you real quick and then bounce to Malcolm. I think my advice to you as to like, oh, I haven't been, I don't think it's ever like a bad episode. It's like life. Like, you you know, I think it's just it's just a learning experience. Like, it can't ever be a loss. Because once you take it as a loss, it's a loss. It's, it's how you take it. You take it. All right. It's never really a loss to me. It's like I. Right, it's learn. You you learn again. You just come back to it, and it's just like it just kind of makes you. Right, it sounds so cliche, but it just kind of makes you better. You can't really take it as like a hard L because to me, the two hard L's ever is like something you can't really ever do again or get back, or something that's just gone forever. Like what it, do we always say every t- episode? Yeah, bro, every episode. Time and people, the two so things. I don't we can think. I don't think. Genius when you said that. I don't, and, and you're not perfect. And you're not perfect. We're not perfect. Like yeah, we may stutter. We have. We may slurs, and we may look funny, or we may go off topic here and there. But we just like literally with life, we're just getting started. Even if you're in your 30s and your 40s, you just you just touching the the peak a Tip bit. Of the or, or, yeah, you just doop, that's it. You didn't really. You're not really. You know, to your full um, potential. Potential. So. I think you do an amazing job. I think for my advice to you from Brothers in the Deep and special this is special concert to, uh consultation. Mm-hmm. He's getting for the low low. But I think it Nick, I think you do you do an amazing job off rep and yet it's good to be hard on yourself like, damn, that wasn't good enough. All right, that's gonna make you just go harder and like learn. I think that was great advice. Like if I if I fuck up, I'm gonna just go back, I'm gonna relearn and I'm gonna apply that shit. A lot of people don't do that. They I just do- keep on doing the same 
shit over and over. I deal with the pain and I let it fuel me because I know it's my path to being the greatest. Oh, that's bars. And, and for you, Mel, um, your your personal, do you have any struggles with the podcast? Um, Just struggles in general. Yeah, I want to talk about the whole aspect of it, even because I, I want to give people, you know, life lessons. Everyone want to start a podcast, but it's really, especially when you do it with somebody. Honestly, if you do it by yourself, good luck. That's what I'm gonna say to you. But if you're doing it with someone, um, it's really um understanding what you like. And you don't need to like what the other person like. You understand what I'm saying? And mm. the reason why I'm saying that is because on my end, you know, what when me me and Nick first started, it was more of like Nick Nick would get information, right? And I like I was struggling to like understand what I want to do my research research on. So Nick would come to the table with stuff and I really wouldn't have much. I'm like, yo, whatever I have, probably pointless. So I was I was dealing with that and then I was like, all right, let me let me come to the table with something. Nick come to the table with something, and we would share each other notes, right? And then what we figured out was like that causes like commotion and shit like that. Motherfuckers just trying to outsmart each other. Like, all right, that really don't work. You understand what I'm saying? But yet again, what what are we doing right there in that whole process? We we understanding each other. What this person like? What we know this person is gonna say? How can we gas it up? Basically, you understand what I'm saying? And um. So that didn't work, cross each other notes. So we just kept our notes to each other, and we just come to the table, whatever we need to say, free flow. You understand what I'm saying? But um, you got to understand, like, the vibe the person is coming to and how can you assist Game. that person. You understand what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So if I'm talking, how could Nick assist me? If Nick is talking, how can I assist him? Um, I feel like a, 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 some, so a lot of people don't realize that, and it's okay if you clash heads. You know what I'm saying? You're a man at the end of the day. All men have ego. You understand what I'm saying? You don't need to put it aside. Um all the time, but sometimes you do need to put it aside. You understand what I'm saying? And and shout out to Law 47 uh, and from 48 Laws of Power, but I had taught you, especially when you're in business with another man. Um, bro, if you got your victory, you got your victory. Don't try and, like, crush the other guy. You understand what I'm saying? Don't try and crush the other guy. And I, I'm saying that for, like, life lessons for the for the listeners and everything. You understand what I'm saying? Especially if you in business with your friend, family member, all of that. If you got your way, take that W. That's it, bro. Move on. Move forward. You understand what I'm saying? Learn to swallow pain as a man. Yeah. You have to do a lot of it. And your pride is sometimes one of the most painful things to swallow. And when you're working with other men, just be prepared for that. Like, literally just be prepared for that. That's why Dame Dash worked with a whole bunch of females because he knows men deal with eagles. Men want to kill you. Men want to... Bro, if you go look at the history of Asia, what the motherfuckers doing? Motherfuckers' little cousins was killing their uncle. Mm. (laughs) That ass, bro, killing their uncle for 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 respect. Yeah, we we. I'm gonna kill my older brother for respect. You gonna respect me? I'm God Almighty. I'm taking care of y'all. Yeah, a man's gonna do that to you. We we in history class right now. Come on, that's what we do. Uh Can I just say something Mm -hmm. real quick? Like, since we're trying to give a couple of advice, if anybody wanted to start a podcast, because I believe that anyone really could do it. That and this is things I was searching for when I wanted to start a podcast. The key is personally for me, if you ask me. Read a lot, write a lot, and think a lot. Those are the things. If you really want to have a good podcast and really perform well, you need to get a fucking book and write out your thoughts. Every time a good thought comes to you, you're like a stand-up comedian. Thoughts are your are your product. So hold on to it, right? Product Read a lot so you, you, you develop that critical thinking and you start looking at life differently, right? You start realizing shit like Donald Trump is the greatest president of all time. Talk to him. No, I can't say that. No, I was a could. joke. It's a joke. It's a joke. It's my, a joke. My eyes widen a bit, but okay. But, <laughs> That's but not for real though. Like just read, write, and think a lot. I would say those are a uh, couple of things. Make sure on stuff you, do you guys, love. Do you guys talk about like recent events, like current events that's happening? Like yes. right now? So yes. I have a question for you, Malcolm. So you, you said your father's a cop, right? Yeah. So 
has there ever been a point during this whole entire 2020, you know, pandemic and, you know, with all these events happening, right? Has there been a time where you think these events with like BLM and all this, I'm not trying to get political, but yeah. with these events is like this personally affected you or your father and like the content that you bring to this podcast? Yeah. Uh, no, nah, not at all. Not I don't, at all. I don't. I listen to shout out to Ty Billy. So when situations mm-hmm. like that happen, I, I I reflect on how Ty Billy thinks. Ty Billy thinks he was a, a Trump supporter. I'm not a Trump supporter, but mm-hmm. uh, Ty Billy mindset is more of like, yo, like, bro, there's people that come here from th- third world countries, bro, and just hustle all day. Right there, boom. Exactly. You got Nick, for example. You know what I'm saying? You know what I'm saying? They got it worse than us. That that find a way to make a living, bro. So my idea, looking at situations like that. Like, like that, that's something serious, but I'm a, I'm a, I, I correlate everything to money, bro. That's the type of person I am. Um, I ain't gonna, bro, go get money. That's how I look at it, bro. If you really want change, go get <laughs> that's money. Facts. That's facts. You got to work, bro. Go to work. Word, you understand what I'm saying? So that's the only way to really change it is go get money. Motherfuckers got to change um, um, the way we look at money, how we do things. I'm not perfect. I'm not Mr. The Financial Genius. You understand what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. I don't have a million dollars. I don't have thousands of dollars. You understand what I'm saying? But I understand that. You could look at life differently if you look at a way for money to uh, mm. um, 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 benefit you. You understand what I'm saying? You can't always cry wolf. Because if you sit there cry wolf, motherfuckers is not going to help you, bro. You got to yeah. get off your ass. So, you get it out the mud. Yeah. And I uh, just, just want to say this. Like, like I feel like some people believe Joe, Joe Biden is going to, you know, save uh, my, the minorities. Uh, it's not going to be a fact. It's going to be, I said this on our podcast earlier, it's going to be people like Master P, you know, that's changing the way how people think about themselves and how they think of uh, products, uh, earn your leisure. So people like that, those are the people to, uh, people should be afraid of, you know what I'm saying? Especially coming from the black community because uh, in mm. the 60s, bro, y'all know what happened. People got assassinated and they did that on purpose, you know what I'm saying? And then mass incarceration started happening. But um, the revolution is happening right now of, of, of black financial education, mm-hmm. what black people should be doing to put themselves in better situations. So I'm not even too worried about it. Um, and also where I'm from in Long Island, the, the cops don't even play like that, seriously. So, mm-hmm. um, yeah. Damn. Man, that was powerful as fuck. You Yo, see how he get comfortable shit. when he that, start talking about that, finances? Yeah. He start that, rambling. That, Let's that was go. A, that was a key. But, <laughs> um, Malcolm, yeah, and just to wrap this up, it was a great episode. Thank you guys again for tuning in. The Nick and Mal Show on Twitter, IG, YouTube, all platforms. And like you said, I think 2021, and I think just now is the time to be to revolutionize and just get Be after great. it and just mm-hmm. make a change. Rear, shout out Rear, tune, tune in the album Rear, like a change right. of direction. And Nick said it too with whatever it is you're trying to do, it doesn't just go for a podcast. It goes generally for like, he said, read, write, and what was the other one? Think. Think. Read, write, I think, and I'm gonna add one more. Read, write, and think, but execute. Yes. Apply and execute. Mm-hmm. You can read, you can write, you can do all that stuff and think, but you have to put it to action. And that's what we're doing just in general with life. Whatever it is that you're trying to do, you got to read. Whatever it is, those are the keys. I think that was a major gem. And this goes back to our episode from season one. Energy don't lie. If you read this room, this energy was pure. I had a great episode. Uh, Shout out Juan for coming through. Shout out Juan, bro. Shout out out Walter behind the scenes. Shout out to Walter. Um, Walter in the building. He he really, you know, standing stay for us. I appreciate that. Um, this was again. I can't. Even, this was an amazing episode. I hope you got a lot of gems from this. And this Thanks. is gonna. This is only the beginning to our journey. Many more episodes are gonna come with Nick and Mal. We're gonna be featured hopefully on the Nick and Mal show again. I was interviewed by them 
by them. So check out my episode on oh, their yeah. podcast mm-hmm. if you didn't tune into my episode from season one, episode one. Mm-hmm. But again, shout out to the viewers, man. Season two, I told you, I told whatever mm-hmm. I say, man, I'm gonna do. I told mm-hmm. you, I'm in the stool. I'm coming different. I'm, just, I'm season two. Uh-huh. We coming crazy. And this, even, I'm gonna give you a flowers real quick. You've definitely been a part of. Two of my top five podcasts. Oh, respect. Because respect. It, this was a great, I love this episode right here. And when you came on, it was good vibes. So, and I think Casey, we look forward to having you on the Nick and Bro, that's respect. all you got to say. And I think one thing, you know, we always harp on this on every like episode that we do too, is just, you know, time and people, the two things we can never get back. And I'm really happy to have all these people in this room with me today, like on some real shit, because this was a great conversation. We learned a lot. We all dug deep with each other. It was an open conversation. And it goes to show you, like, from both of y'all, and I learned this, right? It just always smacks me in the face every episode, right? But family is everything, bro. And if y'all got each other, you're always going to succeed. Word. And you know what's uh, funny? We're going to close this. I know, I know, no, But it's been so good. But Casey doesn't know Nick Amell from a hole in the wall. He just knows him through me. And look how we just offload. Fact. Brothers in the deep end. Brothers in the deep end. And we out. Ha! Thank you for everything. Um, Nick Amell, do you have anything to say? Yeah, make sure y'all check us out on YouTube, IG, Twitter, um, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and Nick and Mal Show YouTube. You can also check out our clips and funny skits and a whole bunch of whole entertainment on the Nick and Mal Network. Um, yep. That's it. Split out. Bow!